We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my bottom? Digital pen hard at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. Who should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hi everyone, welcome to Marketing Nerds this week. My name is Kelsey Jones, Executive Editor at Search Engine Journal, and I'm joined here today by Anne Ward. She is the CEO of CircleClick, and she's also an upcoming author. Anne, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Big fan. Good. Yeah, I know you spoke at our SEJ Summit in San Francisco in 2014, so it's great to be able to talk with you again. Um, Likewise. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I wanted to, you know, I said upcoming author in your intro, and so I wanted to talk to you about that. I heard you got a book deal with O'Reilly, so congrats on that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. What is Do you want to tell our audience what it's covering and when it'll come out? Absolutely. Um, The book started out last year as SEO for Developers. Um, was the beginning um, of the process uh, because I did a course for them last year by the same title that's online and on the O'Reilly site. But I, in talking to them, wanted the book to be more reflective of me as an SEO, which is a hybrid of technical and non-technical. So while this started out as a core developer-focused book, it's now more encompassing of, you know, an entire SEO program, how to build one. It's a practical handbook uh, for businesses. So it's going to actually have uh, a wider audience, which I think is very exciting because I think SEO has so many technical components, but there's also creative components. And so this is going to be more reflective of me, and I couldn't be more excited about it. It's due out this summer, and um, you know, there's definitely some changes happening at O'Reilly. I can't speak for them or on their behalf, but I will say – I would watch them this year. <laughs> There's some Ooh. interesting things happening. Cool, yeah. That's, awesome. <laughs> that's so exciting. I feel like, um, you know, SEO for developers isn't really a topic that gets enough play. And so I think that's a great topic to cover in a book. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you is if, you know, why do you think developers should be well versed in SEO? I know that, like you said, there's technical aspects, but are there, you know, other benefits as well? Absolutely. I think that um, developers are really the key component to taking an SEO program to the next level. Um, I don't, I spend a lot of time working with developers and marketing to developers. So, you know, I know this very well. And I, I, you know, I believe that there's only so much a marketing person can do with a CMS system, you know, or WordPress or Marketo or whatever. There's only so much you can do. Um, developers are are what you need to really crush it. And so, you know, I've been working to help, you know, with O'Reilly to help make make that community more aware of the fact of how important they are. Um, And so getting them to care is a challenge, but um, winning them over is also very rewarding. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. I mean, it's always good to have developers in your back pocket, especially if you're more on the creative side and you know what you want, but you just don't know how to you know, develop it to make it happen. Absolutely. And that's, that's where I see companies fail the most 
is when, you know, marketing has maybe 10% of time from a developer that's on production for the app or the product and they pull them off for random updates. Those are the companies that really struggle to stay ahead um, because, like I said, there's only so much you can do with systems and tools. You really need somebody um, who can help implement, uh, especially if you're, you're really heavily focused on mobile. Yeah, that definitely makes sense that, you know, different platforms would require more levels of development. Um, I know since you work probably with a lot more developers than I do, I mean, we have a great developer on our SEJ team, but he's pretty much the only one that I work with on a regular basis. Have you seen that developers are usually open to learning SEO? Um, or do you think that takes some time to kind of grow that interest? Definitely, it's a good combination. Um, I think there's a portion of developers who honestly think SEO is just hocus-pocus and magic <laughs> um, folklore, and that's true of the general public, too. But, you know, there are those who do respect um, SEO, and they, they view it more as, you know, they call themselves growth hackers. But it's really the same thing. Um, we all have the same end goal. But, mm-hmm. you know... Um, the ones who respect SEO are really the most fun to work with and they see the best results. But the way to get them engaged and interested is to try and speak their language in some respect or show interest. I've, I've noticed, you know, um, if you don't know something, ask them. Most developers are nice people and they will be happy to help. And if you look up and, and research some, some things that you maybe want to work with them on and they're in a different team, you can ask questions. You can ask their opinions. They'll get involved when they feel they're needed and they can make an impact just like anybody else. So getting buy-in can be difficult, but when you've got it, it's, you're unstoppable. Yeah, I agree. I think it's so amazingly, um, it makes such a huge difference when developers know SEO because sometimes I'll find myself, you know, asking Vahan, our developer, for something and he'll he'll say, well, is that okay for SEO? Or I heard that that wasn't a best practice. And so it kind of leads to a conversation. You know, um, maybe he knows something I don't. You know, SEO is always changing and vice versa. I can, you know, kind of educate him and let him know, no, that's actually okay. It's not considered um, anything that's going to harm us. And so I think having a good relationship with a developer, um, whether you're strictly SEO or even even if you're just in the marketing department, um, is really important because I think it goes back to what you said, that mutual respect of what uh, each other's doing. Exactly, exactly. Because the teams that fight are not the teams that get things done. And yeah. there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that here in the Valley. And it's unfortunate because they can make each other look good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or I something I've I've seen when I've worked at agencies is people thinking that you know, one thing is more important than the other. Like, you know, a developer thinking that what they do is the only thing keeping everything together. Or a marketer thinking that, you know, without them, the company couldn't run and the website wouldn't be online. And I think that that kind of ego um, in the workplace just really doesn't work, especially when it comes to, you know, marrying SEO and development together for whatever project you're doing. Right, exactly. And and a concept that I learned as a developer that I employ very frequently when working with clients is to separate the concerns. 
separate the concerns of there's always a little bit of ego, there's a little bit of, you know, fear, there's a little bit of everything mixed in to a project and it's like, okay, let's separate the concerns. Okay, when, you know, the marketer wants to talk about the design, the developer wants to say who's building the design. Mm -hmm. Like, let's talk about the practical steps and break it down. And that's usually where people get caught up is is ownership and ego, to your point. I've seen that a lot, but, you know, I think that comes with experience and time, you know, um, collaboration. Agreed. And I think too, I mean, I asked you if, you know, that why it's good for developers to be well-versed in SEO, but I think it's good for SEOs to know at least a little bit about what their developers doing and what goes into it. Because, you know, I obviously can't do what Bahan does, but I know just enough to know that he's really smart and he knows what he's doing. And I think that speaks back to your point about kind of speaking their language. Well, I started my career first 10 years as a developer, so I'm going to agree with that. (laughs) I'm going to heavily agree with that. (laughs) Good, yeah. Um, It's cool that you kind of have transitioned into more SEO, and I know at the SCJ Summit Santa Monica April 12th this year, you're going to be speaking about mobile SEO, and so that was something I wanted to talk to you about because I know at CircleClick you do a lot of content about mobile SEO. Um, Would you say, are there... Are there any huge or main differences between, you know, traditional SEO and then optimizing for a mobile platform? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's in some cases night and day. Um, It really depends on the business, if they're local, if they're national, they're statewide. But, you know, mobile search results very greatly because of the localization and the ability of GPS and being logged in and all these other wonderful things. I mean, yes, your desktop is specific when it's logged in, the results are skewed, but mobile goes a little bit further with the rich snippets. Um, You're going to see, Hey, do you want directions? Hey, do you want to call this right now? Click to dial. You're going to see a lot of different things on mobile. Um, And I'm sure a lot of the people uh, listening to this have heard that, you know, Google's going to have an entire mobile index, but um, that's been promised, but they they said late last year, you know, hey, not yet. So we've been hearing that for a while, but we know it's coming. Um, So that's something that in the meantime, what we can do for mobile is focus on speed and security, because I think those are the things we're going to see be most important to mobile in the upcoming future. But, you know, in terms of the differences, I think with a mobile optimized site, it, number one thing is to be crawlable. You know, if you have redirects, like configure them. You know, it's just like some basic tuning on, on, a, on a technical level. You know, if you have redirects, make sure that they're configured. And don't drop the searcher somewhere completely irrelevant because you'll sync yourself. You know, don't force an app install if that's not the expected result. So they can and should be different, treated differently. Um, and especially... You know, the biggest thing I think is is search for your own site on mobile. Like, search for yourself. Search, look at your own site. So many companies don't do that, or you know, they did it a while ago and think that they can stop. But they are very, very dramatically different, and and that's because the phone has so much more information about where you are, you know, and that local component can really be critical. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, I think at PubCon last year, I went to a couple sessions on mobile SEO just out of curiosity. And there's so many little nuances that are differences that I didn't even think about. Uh, One thing, I got, I don't even remember whose presentation it was, 
but they said that whenever you're filling in a form and it's supposed to be something that's numerical value only, you need to change it so the number pad is the only thing that pops up to enter in a field on mobile. And I didn't even realize how big of a difference that makes. And I think that probably goes a little bit into more user experience um, so much mm -hmm. as SEO, but just little things like that that make the experience better, I think is probably good for SEO because you're, you know, having more time on site and engagement, I would think. Right, right. And you'd be amazed how many little things matter. To your point, like, you know, I have still see companies putting their phone numbers in images. It's like, oh, well, you man. just missed the opportunity for a smartphone <laughs> to click and dial. You know, maybe you don't want calls. Maybe that's why you do it. But, you know, those, those, those functionalities can and should be leveraged, um, especially for a local business. Yeah, and I feel like too, and maybe this is just me, you can tell me if it's just me, my patience level and attention span is probably almost cut in half on my phone. If I don't find immediately what I want from a website, I just get out of there. And I feel like on desktop, I'm a little bit more patient to kind of figure it out. Maybe it's, you know, the screen size, but I feel like on mobile, you have way less of a chance um, to give the users what they want. So it kind of makes it a little bit higher stakes. Right. And the statistics that I have seen back that up, um, that you're not alone. Um, and it's Good. also distraction, right? You might be searching and walking. You might be, mm. you know, waiting at the doctor's office. You, you're more likely to be on the go, so your time is more limited. If you don't get what you want, you know, there's also a lot of competing attention built in. <laughs> yeah, so definitely. so the data that I have seen across the board, B2B and B2C, supports that. That makes sense. Another thing I wanted to ask you about, which I've heard people ask at conferences, and then I've wondered myself, um, how are tablets, you know, treated? Are they, is it kind of a hybrid of optimization between desktop and mobile features? Or, you know, should SEOs treat it as a mobile device? Does it depend? Um, that's an interesting question. It's actually one that I get a lot. Um, I... I have a different viewpoint on it. I, I, when I'm considering building an asset, whether it's a landing page for coupling with a PPC campaign or it's a new homepage for a new product, uh, a new company, you know, I think of it as the nth screen. Okay. Uh, and, and with an N. <laughs> yeah. nth screen, which is, is like the omni screen. We have to assume that not only could what we're doing be viewed on mobile, could be viewed on tablet, could be viewed on a smart TV, could be viewed on a giant desktop, could be viewed, you know, mm -hmm. you just have to assume by the outset that you're going to be dealing with an infinite amount of screen sizes and on a meta level. And so if you're not assuming that, you're already behind. But I will say in terms of SEO itself, I would treat tablet more like mobile than I would like desktop just because of the keyboard functionality and the fact that you're not dealing with a traditional type uh, situation in most cases. Some people have the add-on keyboards, but you have to assume, you know, there's some localization there too. So, you know, I, I would call it more closely linked. Tablet is more closely linked to mobile, but without the mobile index and these other things, it's it's still more about speed and precision than anything else. Yeah, that's what I was kind of leaning towards, but I thought I'd ask you. I know when I use my iPad, it's a little bit more like how I use my phone. I mean, I want to find a 
you know, if a store is open or I want to find a phone number really quick. I mean, that's how I use my iPad. I don't really do a ton of browsing on it unless it's like Pinterest or something. And so I oh, think... And for, oh, go oh, ahead. sorry. I was just going to say for unique, you know, there's no one size fits all SEO. I'd say yeah. look at your, you know, everyone should look at their own data and see what it tells you. You know, if your data shows that your time on site is actually on par with mobile, like, okay, maybe, maybe you're doing something right. Or if the drop-offs are higher, you know, okay, well, maybe we need to address something. But let your data tell you whether to focus on it or not because, you know, unless you're a streaming service or something, maybe it doesn't matter as much. It just depends on, on each individual situation. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, I think another thing that is really um, independent to each company is whether or not they should have an app. I think sometimes a lot of companies get confused and think, oh, well, you know, so-and-so has an app, we should have an app too. And I don't think that that's definitely, or that's always the right um, thought pattern to go behind. Um, just because you can have an app, it doesn't mean that you should. Um, Agreed. You agree? Agreed. If okay. You're, if you're not using the phone's unique and special capabilities like GPS, gyroscope, location, like, or, or I just said GPS, but if, you, if you're not using, or a camera, if you're not using something that the phone-specific hardware is being utilized, go responsive. Save yourself the heartache. Yeah, I try to tell people that because sometimes, you know, a, a site that I use a lot will have an app, and if I like it enough, I'll download it just because I'm curious. Well, a lot of times, it's just basically the mobile version of the website, so then I remove it because I think, well... This isn't doing anything differently. You know, why would I have another app on my phone if I don't need it? Right. So has uh, CircleClick done a lot of apps for your clients? And I know app store optimization is something that's kind of now on the forefront. You know, ASO is part of SEO. Um, what's been your experience with that? Absolutely. So yes, we we have definitely done ASO since ASO really started. Um, and I liken ASO of today to SEO of yesteryear. <laughs> I like it. I like it because yeah, I mean, I like it because the stuff that we used to do works again. It's kind of like a level set playing field. <laughs> I, I enjoy marketing. Uh, you know, we market, like I said, we market a lot to developers, so we deal with a lot of app promotion. And so, you know, what's funny, though, is as great as ASO is, and there's a lot of stuff you can do in search to supplement um, from the in-app store activities, is that the people that have been the most successful that we have worked with, the clients, have also leveraged some paid as well. Wow. So it's definitely as great as ASO is, I still see a lot of companies leaning on paid. Um, that makes sense. And so it's, it's, it's a unique creature, but definitely it's, a, it's fun because it's like all retro. <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool. <laughs> yes. That's, you know, the, and that's something I wanted to ask you about too, which is something that I've always wondered, but I've never really talked to anyone about it. Does, you know, does link building matter in ASO um, or is that just, should you focus more on paid? Well, you know, that's, that's unique to, to each specific app in their market. Um, but 
I would say link building matters more for Google Play than it does for Apple. Um, reviews and soft link building increase authority, so then they increase visibility. I mean, think about who's offering it, mm-hmm. uh, who, who's, who owns the store. So, um, you know, it's it's link building in, in ASO is is definitely, I've seen, effective on the Android side. On the iPhone side, to a lesser degree, it's more uh, beneficial maybe to go with paid or to try and figure out how to get featured. That's usually how people... Uh, break through the zeitgeist if they're going to do it on the Apple side. But, you know, in a, in a general sense, I really don't believe that link building is something that should be forced or bought ever. Mm-hmm. Anything, point, yeah. anything, yeah, anything you can do, your competitor can do. If you can buy it, your competitor can buy it. So that dilutes the value from the outset. But if you want to get to the top and you're doing all of the work, I think the links will come. Um, especially if you're putting content out there and, you know, you're doing PR. But if you're not doing those other activities, you know, then maybe some link building and paid supplement is is a good idea. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's a good way to think of it. Um, well, one other question I wanted to ask you before we wrap up is, you know, ASO is relatively new, and I know a lot of agencies are offering help with that. Um, but what if you, you know, are kind of trying to, I don't know, do some of it on your own? Are there any, you know, key things that people should be sure to pay attention um, to when it comes to just the basics or best practices of ASO? Sure, sure. And I should definitely write a post on this for SEJ, yes. it sounds like. Yes, please do. <laughs> um <laughs> I think um, number one would be tagging and descriptions are everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I've you heard need that. to use, yeah, and you have to use really enticing images of the app. Don't just use the home screen. Don't do what's easy. Do what what looks good. Put put the effort into that. But the thing I tell most people that they don't know is that you can submit yourself for more than one category, and you hmm. absolutely should because you can see. You know, you may have traction in a category you may not think of yourself as being in. Um, don't don't go into it with an assertion of yes, this is how it should be. Try different things, measure it, see what improves, just like an SEO program. Um, but then the other thing I see, you know, smaller players not doing, which they should be, and I'll close with, is that leverage your own network. You know, who's going to be your best advocate than the people that know you? And, you know, getting them to do reviews is absolutely okay, and you should, uh, because it will help your credibility, it will help your rankings. Um, and some people are embarrassed to ask for it, but, you know, most people are, are, you know, when you actually ask them to try something out, they will. And you know what? They could give you great feedback, too, which is invaluable. Yeah, I think if you have a good product, people don't mind giving you reviews because if it's something useful and you're providing a service to them, they don't mind sharing their feedback. Right, it's uh, free QA testing. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. All right, well, I really appreciated um, talking with you today and I look forward to seeing your presentation in Santa Monica. I'm sure it'll be awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I appreciate your time today, too. And I, I'm really looking forward to the SJ Summit. I know it's going to be awesome. I know. So, again, this is Ann Ward and Kelsey Jones with Search Engine Journal. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.